This is an RNZ podcast. Good evening. A novelty that could wear off. That's one expert's view as the world's second biggest retailer, Costco, finally opens in New Zealand. Its arrival has been anticipated for months with the promise it'll shake up the grocery sector. That was TVNZ News last Thursday leading, like many other bulletins that day, on Costco opening its doors. And that's a worry for existing retail players, in Auckland at least, because of its scale. And while hundreds of Costco superfans queued up for the bargains in bulk at the new mega retailer, opposition MPs were lining up Broadcasting and Media Minister Willie Jackson the same afternoon in Parliament on the mega merger of RNZ and TVNZ. Can the minister confirm the $370 million merger of RNZ and TVNZ has no regulatory impact statement or cost-benefit analysis? That was National Party Broadcasting spokesperson Melissa Lee, and there she put a $370 million price tag on the new public media entity, which was rejected by Willie Jackson, though it was also used by her leader Christopher Luxon on Morning Report earlier that same day as his go-to example of wasteful government spending. You know, let's just take the Radio New Zealand TVNZ merger, $375 million to merge two entities that don't even have an enterprise value to do that. I mean, that is a, that is a huge amount of wasted money. Now in Parliament later that day, Willie Jackson didn't answer Melissa Lee's question about whether a CBA or RIA had been done on the new PME, so she asked it again. Uh, Mr Speaker, I'll come back to the member on that. (laughs) I think that deserves even another extra question. Same question. And things didn't get any tidier when Willie Jackson told Melissa Lee that he had one in his office he could show her, and she called his bluff, only to be told when she visited that no regulatory impact statement was needed because they'd spent many months creating a specific business case for the new entity. Now, Willie Jackson was also challenged on a comment he made last week before the first select committee hearing into the legislation for the new public media entity when he said TVNZ needed to change its attitude for the transition. We will, uh, we will be clear about... We will be clear that we require uh, a change of culture. It's not just... It's not just... It's not just about making money. It's about New Zealanders feeling proud, knowing who they are. We need a different New Zealand voice, recognising Māori, Pacifica, Asian and other ethnic minorities. It's not just about one group anymore. And that actually rendered redundant the following patsy question from Willie Jackson's fellow Labour Party MP, Naisi Chen, to which he did have a prepared response. A supplementary, Naisi Chen. Thank you. Mr Speaker, so why is it important to invest in public media? (laughs) Mr Speaker, um, for the opposition again, every democracy in the world invests in public media to support their democracies and culture. That's That's the case with the BBC. That's the case in Ireland, Australia and Canada. We absolutely believe New Zealanders deserve that too. Now places like Ireland, Canada, Australia and the UK have long funded their public broadcasting through either a fee paid by households, like we used to have here, or directly from central government coffers, and those broadcasters are then fully accountable for how they spend the money. But here we've had government broadcasting funding agencies like New Zealand On Air 
allocating taxpayers' money to broadcasters and making decisions about publicly funded content for the past 30 years. Now, late last week, on a Friday ahead of a long weekend, New Zealand On Air emailed media an innocuous-sounding quick update, confirming that the minister had told them more than two weeks earlier that the bulk of its budget will in future go straight to the new public media entity to spend as it sees fit. And that's something the people drafting the 980 submissions on the merger legislation might have wanted to know before the deadline for submissions on September the 8th, the day after the minister's letter to New Zealand On Air. This past week's public media entity developments were not reported by TBNZ News this week, even though it affects them, not to mention their viewers and their online audience. But their rivals at News Hub at 6 over on TV Channel 3 did mention the New Zealand on-air funding change like this last Wednesday, five days after it was made public. The Kiwi producer known for Whale Rider in Shortland Street says the government's decision to siphon off 40 million of NZ on Air's funding will wipe out local production companies. The funding will go to the new mega entity merging TVNZ into RNZ, drastically cutting the funding available for other producers. It was John Barnett, former boss of South Pacific Pictures they were talking about there, who told News Hub this. People are going to lose jobs. Taking away that funding means that neither the new organisation nor New Zealand On Air actually have enough money to make the things that we all watch, the things we grew up with. A number of high-profile producers that we spoke to didn't want to speak on record for fear of falling out of favour with the new media behemoth that'll soon have the lion's share of commissioning funding. But the merger might actually mean more money spent on local factual programmes, comedy and drama from the new public media entity's public funding of $109 million a year until 2026 and the commercial TV revenue ANZPM pulls in. However, with no executives appointed yet and no content strategy, no one knows quite how the new not-for-profit entity will spend its revenue from next year on. And the day after that, last Thursday, the chair of the screen producers lobby group, Sparta, voiced producers' fears at the second hearing on the public media entity's legislation at Parliament. Irene Gardner, a former TVNZ programme maker and commissioner who was an advisor to the government's public media plans and is also currently on the board of RNZ, told the Economic Development Science and Innovation Committee this. Our anxiety is not so much about that happening, because in the end it's still local production money, it doesn't necessarily matter which pocket of the, co- the coat it's in. Our anxiety is that no one is saying to us between what ANZPM have got ring-fenced for local production and between what NZ On Air has for local production, what is that total amount of money Is it the same as what it is now? Is it more because there are more public media outcomes to realise? Or is it less? And if it is less, then why are we doing this? But she's far from the only one now asking that question of the government's public media plans. Now, all along, the government has insisted that this new public broadcaster will collaborate with and take account of other media companies, but other media groups told the committee on Thursday they were wary of the beefed-up public broadcaster cutting across their interests. These included the Umbrella Group for Commercial Radio, the Radio Broadcasters Association, and the News Publishers Association, both of whom said the new entity would distort the media market in which they operate. And the government's plan was even lacking backing in Thursday's hearing from those who told the committee they liked the idea but want greater clarity along with greater public funding already pledged. 
Last Tuesday, there was little further clarity, though, in a strategic framework for a sustainable media system, a document released by the Ministry for Culture and Heritage, which must have been a lot of work to write, but isn't much of a frame on which to hang anything. The document speaks of enhancing the role of New Zealand on air to deliver public funding aligned to the overall goals of the strategic framework, though there's no mention anywhere in that document of cutting New Zealand on air's budget in half to fund the new public media entity. Well, there's more to come on all this next week when Parliament's Economic Development Science and Innovation Committee hears more evidence from those who made submissions on the new public media legislation, and that includes the bosses of the two state-owned outfits it will replace, RNZ and TVNZ, and we'll report back on that next week here on Media Watch.